What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Legacy Quest podcast. I am your host, Michael Bowman. Without further ado, let's get cracking. Hey, guys, look, I know there's a lot of changes and we, we're switching things up and we're just kind of playing with stuff here on the podcast. So expect change because we're, we're just trying to improve and make things better. Today, I want to talk about and just jump right into what I want to talk about. We have guests to come, but today I want to talk about to you something of a question that I continue to be asked on my social media platform and as people come to services for us here at Bowman Legacies. For those of you who don't know, I run a consultancy called Bowman Legacies. We um, we help organizations with their organizational culture, their leadership development. We help their leaders to understand how to lead and how to lead on a high level, ushering forth a lot of efficiency within the organization and helping on that bottom line. We also help with personal development and uh, one-on-one coaching. And one of the questions I'm asked a lot and have helped several clients with is, hey, look, if I spent my whole life doing one thing or hoping for one thing and realizing either A, the dream was better than the reality, or B, this this career that I've been seeking or have been doing all my life uh, is just not what I want to do anymore, or C, hey... I had high hopes, but now that I look more deeper into what it takes to be this, whether it's a, a you know CEO of a certain industry or a plumber or um, a, a dozer operator, this is just not my thing. And I've devoted a lot of time. What do I do next? What do I do? What do I do? Because I feel very flat footed. So I want to help you with that real quick. Just real quick. I want to help you uh, get through that. And I want to share my story. And I think that's a good way to help you. And this is where I would start with a client. First and foremost, I had spent my whole life wanting to be Batman, more or less. I wanted to be Batman. And I knew the only way to do that was either go in the non-for-profit space or the military. And I really wanted to go into the military, but I had some injuries early on in high school that were borderline debilitating. So I hurt my neck in wrestling in high school uh, to the point where it's I still suffer with the pain of it today. I have arthritis in my neck that is actually kind of severe. And um, I really crushed some good stuff in there. <laughs> and it causes me a lot of nerve damage and pain. So I thought, well, maybe military isn't for me. And I really love people. I, I truly love people. I can't be around people all the time. I have to have my alone time, but I love people and I want to help them in a real way. So I started to notice that pastors that I was around were really striving to do that. They were counseling people. They were helping them with their financial problems. They were feeding the poor. They were doing a lot of things I thought were very healthy. And so I thought, you know, that's my avenue. I don't think I can make it through with my neck injury and my lower back injury and my knee injury, but I think that I could do this. This is where I could be useful. And so I decided to do that. And I threw all the cards on the table. I passed up several careers that I really wanted to do. Um, that just didn't work out. You know, I just, I just didn't want, I I wanted to push them all aside. I was determined to be in the non-for-profit space. I was determined to be a pastor. Um, and then after several years, a long story made short after several, several years, I came to the place where I realized I wasn't feeding my family at the level that I wanted to. In other words, I wasn't caring for them. I wasn't getting paid what I felt like I needed to be paid. Bills were coming up. We were behind and I needed to do something and I needed to be pretty rash about it. And I've got to be honest, part of me felt like, you know, a child was being tore out of my arms because this is the only thing that I ever wanted to do. And I was getting offers from all over the country to pastor. I actually became fairly well known. I was getting offers for good paying jobs in places, but something happened while we were here living where we are. uh, Both of my daughters had great opportunities. 
And I knew a move could thwart those great opportunities in such a way that it could affect our future. So I knew that staying here right we were right where we were was the best option. My wife and I were both in agreement with that, so we decided to move forward and I began to network. I began to network, but at the time I didn't know anything about LinkedIn, okay? And so I networked with the um, unemployment office. I, I think for me, if you're looking for a new job and you're, you've just been you know, booted, this is a great place to start. A lot of people, does, they feel like they're lowering themselves to go to the unemployment office. I did not feel that way. I felt as though, hey, I need to provide for my family. And I don't really care if I'm in a, in a, in a factory right now opening cans or you know, <laughs> filling cans up with some kind of goop or if, if, if I'm – it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Shovel in my hand, but I needed to be able to provide for my family, whatever it was. And I was very patient about it. And I'm going to tell you right now, I, uh, at, during that time, filled out in a very short period of time, just within a, uh, a little over a month, 65 applications to different places that I was more than qualified to work at. And all of them did not respond. As a matter of fact, when I check back up on them, all 65 of them at some point either, either said I was overqualified or they had already filled the position. So it's not like the markets that we have right now that if you put on your LinkedIn, you know, looking for work that people are just, if you're a good person and, and you've really worked hard and you're known, oh my gosh, people are knocking people's doors down. Headhunters are knocking people's doors down. But for me, I didn't have that. I didn't have that at the time. And what I did have was a good friend, a good friend who's actually been on this podcast before, Darren was a driller and still is and just an absolute savage. This guy can work 80 hours standing on his head and 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 not sweat it at all. And one of the hardest worker working human beings that I've ever met in my life. And he said, "Hey, look, a position just opened up. It's a dirty job. There's a lot of hours." He said, "You're going to deal with grouchy customers, but in the background that you have, I know that you've been in the construction I, uh, industry. I know that you've, you've, um, did some masonry work. He said, I know you've done some construction. I know you've worked really hard. He said, so I think that you'll be suited. If you can run a backhoe, you can run a skid steer. He said, you know, it'll take some time, but you can learn how to, to, to run a drill. And so sure enough, I became a driller. I got hired at a company that, um, during this time was finding a major boom in the industry. And we were working a lot of hours instantly. And I just remember, Several months down the road, I mean, we're working so many hours, 70, 80 hours for months on end. And I'll never forget sitting in my own drill. You know, I got given, a, you know, a drill for me to be stationed in and I traveled a lot. And I went all over the place and I remember sitting there going, my God, how the fuck did I get here? I'm, I'm, I'm over here on an 80 foot ledge looking over. Part of the wall has just sloughed off. The dust is so high from the slough off. I cannot see. I can feel the rumble under my butt in this piece of equipment. And I'm thinking, how the fuck did I get here? And I'm going to tell you, I believe by the grace of God, because that summer we made enough money to be able to solidify our, our, our debts in such a way that they weren't coming to get the house. You know, they weren't coming to get the house. But I also, at the same time, felt very hungry to move forward anywhere that I've ever been. And if you're anything like me, I've went to management every position I've ever worked in. Any place I've ever gone, at some point, someone bumped me up and saw talent in me and created a manager out of me. Now, that also being said, I want to tell you this. Sometimes you have got to take a job that you weren't expecting to get out of the one you're in. So first and foremost, I want you to understand, I know we're taught not to compromise, but being a driller and being around blasting was not my first choice, guys. 
I could have pastored any state in this country. I had offers all over the place, coast to coast, to work in very high-level ministries. And I chose not to for a very specific reason for the sake of my children. Now, I took a job that worked me very hard. I took a job that I believe was integral. I believe my boss told me this was hard. He didn't, he didn't lie to me about anything. And I took a job that I didn't really want, but I knew it would provide for my family. And I was there for almost five years. But I knew I didn't want to stay there. The current position, if you get a new job or you're changing, you've gotten fired, or maybe like I said, you know, you've done this career and you're flat footed and you've got the thing, the place that you're working at is so soulless. You've got to reevaluate your life. And that is this. You don't have to have the motor home. You don't have to have the Harley Davidson. You don't have to have the Bugatti, the Mercedes, the Corvette, the golf clubs, and the list goes on and on. The fact is, the only thing that you need is to be able to provide shelter, food, and decent water and clothing for your family. Your primal needs need to be met. And when you consider that, you take a lot of heat off that whole feeling of going, oh my God, I invested so much of this time in another career and now I'm totally screwed up. I remember talking to young college students one time and they were so freaked out because they were going into school and they thought, oh my God, what if I picked the wrong major? What if I spent four years? What if I, oh my God, heaven forbid, eight years in college getting my PhD or something like that, my doctorate. And then all of a sudden I find out this is not for me. Look, the experiences that you have along the way will leverage enough for you to move forward. So don't feel so freaked out and flat footed. If, if, if the job is absolutely killing you, Start to consider about, hey, stop panicking and fulfill my primal needs. Are my primal needs being met? Okay, and if it isn't so soulless that you've got to jump ship right away, which I am never, ever, ever a fan of. I am a huge fan of never burn a bridge. I just, I say, that's just me. And I, because I spent a whole life of looking back and watching the flames and, and saying, burn, burn. <laughs> and I saw what that did for my life. I don't want that for you. So I, I never, I, I strive to give my two weeks notice anytime I've ever left. And some, one, one place I actually uh, gave my two months notice and said that I would train my replacement. That boss fired me on the spot. <laughs> uh, so I want to encourage you. Just, just don't freak out. It's going to be okay. And as a matter of fact, in any situation where there's an emergency 911 situation, panicking never gets you anywhere, let alone trying to network and get a new job. But if you can hang in there, which I suggest that you do, start to network. Start to network. And LinkedIn is a phenomenal place to start. I am a huge fan of it because what LinkedIn gives you is an opportunity to share your work knowledge with other people who are looking for someone just like you. I had a client once who told me, she said, I, I want a new career. I don't even know what that looks like. I don't know what I want. I'm established here. I'm well known. I've been doing this since I, since I was a kid. She said, now I'm 50 something and I have no idea where to go from here. I said, get on LinkedIn. Get on LinkedIn. And I helped her format her post. I helped her understand about the algorithm that, that LinkedIn uses and sometimes changes in depth. But the biggest thing for me, for her, was 
I told her, I said, you've got to understand there are literally thousands of presidents and CEOs and managers that are looking for someone to fulfill work that is like you, that has a phenomenal attitude, who understands blue collar work, but has worked at a kind of CEO level. So don't sit there and freak out and think that you have no possibilities because you're a 50 year old woman who no one is going to hire. Look, I don't care if you're 70. I don't care if you're 170. Stop thinking that you have limitations. Also, stop thinking that you're too young. No one's going to hire me. I don't have any work. Stop. Stop with those absolutes. When you're wanting to network or you're wanting to change your life into a whole brand new direction or you're wanting to change your career in a whole brand new direction and you don't know what to do and you feel so flat-footed and you're saying to yourself, how the fuck did I get here? Just like I did in that drill, you've got to stop and realize that you have a lifelong example of what to do and what not to do. And LinkedIn was a great place to start to preach those values so other people can see what they're getting before they get it. And it's a phenomenal way to network into those industries that you want. Now, we have a whole coaching system behind that, how to how to leverage um, LinkedIn to network and to change your career. But I'm not going to get into that. It's too vast. And if you're you are 17, You've been on the earth for 17 years. You learned a lot of what to do and what not to do. So don't sell yourself short. Don't get out there, put yourself out there and network. And I'm going to tell you 100% of the time with my clients, it has worked 100% of the time, 100% of the time. And they're happier. I had one guy who came to me and said, I don't know why I'm coming to you. I feel like I need a change, but I don't know what that is. I don't want to be drastic. I don't want to be spastic. I don't want to freak out. I don't know really what it is that I'm supposed to be doing with my life right now. And I need help. And I was like, man, absolutely. That is absolutely 110% why I'm here. And I helped him and he networked and he got a huge, he didn't just get a, a small level up. He got an enormous level up within an international company and he's happy. He's challenged, but he's happy. So don't sell yourself short. Get on LinkedIn. The next thing that I want you to start to do is understand again that you have a lifetime of work, that you understand, that you know. I want you to start to think about what industry you would like to go in, and I want you to start to research it. In other words, get off your damn phone. Get off your phone, turn off the freaking TV, and start looking at industries you feel like you want to be in. Look, this isn't the end of the world, guys. This isn't the end of the world. I didn't know if I wanted to be in the mining industry. Mining wasn't my life. I ended up loving it. I ended up loving so much about it. I ended up falling in love with the people that are involved in it, the hardworking, blue-collar, hard-work ethic, honest people that I met there, and I leveraged it. Many of my clients are in the mining industry as a contractor or, or the like. But when I was sitting in that drill, I want to tell you, I wish that I was the brave knight of my endeavors, but instead I wallowed in some self-pity for about two years. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I drank too much. I felt like I was a loser. I felt like I wasn't moving ahead. I, I remember the times in college when we were talking to our buddies and we would say like, well, I'm the one who's going to continue with this, you know, uh, because the, the percentile of, of those who continued on in that type of ministry and what we were doing was very small. It was like 1% of, of, of 100% of people actually continue with it for the rest of your life. And I remember us all sitting there in the commons area going, no, no, it's going to be me. It's going to be me. There's no way I'm going to turn around. As I had that hanging over my head, that's so stupid. Don't let that. Stop that, stop that, stop that, stop that. We have these absolutes in our lives that you've got to abolish. 
I will never. Look, if your absolute is I will never smoke crack, I'm cool with it. <laughs> but if you say to yourself, I will never work a blue collar job, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I coached a young man who was making 200000 a year uh, with a company. They pulled the rug out from underneath him. They gave him an impossible task. He achieved that impossible task and they fired him anyway because they were crunched for money. They were hurting really, really bad for money. So they fired him anyway. And they did him right. They gave him a great severance package. But he was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? He and his family had just moved. He had, you know, several beautiful kids. He had a lovely wife. And now they're, they're moved closer to family. They sold everything and, and, and thought that they were established at this job. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I said, first and foremost, you're not going to freak out. Look, I used to teach backcountry survival. Uh, orientation, primitive fire, that sort of thing, shelters, how to build a shelter, how to stay warm, how to stay dry, how to trap, how to con- uh, make traps for games so that you can eat and survive, how to filter water when you don't have a filter, that sort of thing. And the number one thing when you find yourself lost in the woods, our number one rule, and everyone in the whole group could say it, the number one rule was don't panic. Don't panic. Don't freak out. There is a lot of people that panic and freak out and they're like 150 yards from civilization and they walk in the opposite direction. Now, a lot of people die doing that. I think what's worse is almost surviving and finding out, you know, 10 days later that you're like, you got to be kidding me. I was, you know, literally 150 yards from from from, <laughs> from a ski resort. But just don't panic. This is so vital. And don't be so close-minded. Get rid of those absolutes. Don't panic and move forward one step at a time. Look, when you look at life as a whole, it can really intimidate you. But if you take things one step at a time, prioritize and execute what you're trying to accomplish, man, there's not much you can't do. Now, you might be not be flying ahead like that business who loaned up real heavy. You might not be flying ahead like that person you grew up with who had a lot of network and had all these people. But you'll look back and you'll realize that you actually took ground and accomplished things. This is the same way. Don't panic. Don't panic. You've got time. Take your time. Ask yourself, are my primal needs being met? And I'm not even talking about your house payment or your apartment. Do I have warmth? Do I have shelter? Do I have access to food and clean water and clothing? If that answer is that yes, the next one I ask, are you being chased by a saber-toothed tiger right now? If the answer to that is no, which there's a high likelihood that it is no, you need to calm down. You need to take that deep breath and realize it's going to be okay. Now, how do you find that thing that you're looking for? That is as endless as it can be. But I'm going to tell you what I did. So there I am in that piece of equipment wondering, what the fuck have I done with my life? (laughs) What am I doing? And I wallowed in self-pity for two years. And then I decided I'm not doing this anymore. And I got LinkedIn. A friend of mine said, hey, have you ever been on LinkedIn? I said, no, man, I, I just hate Facebook. I hate Instagram. I hate all those platforms. He said, I, LinkedIn's for business people. He said, there's some pe- wishy-washy people, but get on LinkedIn. So I got on LinkedIn and I did a post and I remember getting like 50 likes. Now on a Facebook, I'd be good to have, you know, you know, a couple hundred because I had a couple hundred friends, but these were 50 people I didn't even know. And all these comments started flooding in. People started sharing my stuff. It was weird. I was like, okay. So I just kept doing it because I enjoyed sharing of myself. 
And as I continued to do that, as I continued to post, as I continued to move forward, these things started to explode. And I'll never forget calling my wife freaking out. Oh my God, I got 500 views on this post. Oh my God. And now it's like, hey, I got 500,000 on this post. Right? And so I grew it gradually. I grew it organically. And then all of a sudden I began to network. And lo and behold, I get this DM. Some guy slips into my DMs and he's a president over an organization that's actually local. And then he tells me I may never need to travel. And then he tells me he wants to utilize my experience that he has actually gone over my catalog of work on Instagram. He's called a few people because the industry is very small. He found out about my character and he would very much love for me to come on as the GM of his startup. I was elated and I told him no. <laughs> I told him no because I had gotten relatively comfortable at the job I was that I was doing. It was very good. I, I didn't just like the owner and the co-owner of the business I worked for. I loved them. I didn't really want to leave. They were very good to me. But the more I talked to him that year, this young CEO, I jumped ship and I, and I did it. And I started in a startup. I was like employee number 24 or 26, something like that. And it was scary. It was scary. And sometimes when you're trying to level up in life and in business, you're trying to network. Here's the next thing, okay? Remember, get on LinkedIn. Remember, hey, are your primal needs being met? Remember, stop panicking. Remember that you have worth. You have a whole catalog of life that you've been through. So don't sell yourself short. Now, here's the next one. Here's the next one, guys. When you level up, it can be scary. It can be very scary. And I remember being very, very, very transparent with my new boss and saying before he hired me, hey, look, I don't know if I'm your man. This is what I've done my whole life. I've learned to lead. I've learned to grow people. Yes, I've got a huge or, or not a huge following, but I have a, a moderate following on LinkedIn. I usually get more views than followers that I have. And yes, I've had a couple of posts go what some people would consider viral. 500 shares is a lot of shares. OK, that's great. But I don't see how that's computing to money or how I'm going to help you. And he told me, he said, you know, I really see that you have some untapped potential that your boss just doesn't know how to get out of you or how to utilize within his own organization. And I know I do. And I will be able to draw those things out of you. And I will be able to make this happen. I will not leave you flat footed. I'm not going to fire you without cause. Don't steal from me. Work hard. And you've got a job with me for life. So he told me. And so I did it. I did it. And I don't regret it. It was so hard. There were times that that job was so soulless. There were times where we were doing things operationally that I thought was ridiculous and I would fight for those things. There were times where my attitude sucked. There was times where their attitude sucked. There was times where their attitude was awesome. Times when mine was awesome. And there were some beautiful lessons that I learned along the way that I will never forget and I'm grateful for. And if it had not been for them and that president, I would not be sitting here on this podcast talking to you right now. I'd probably still be a safety director of a drilling company. I'd still be drilling when other drillers were sick. I'd still be doing that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But I wanted more for my life. I wanted more adventure. I wanted more change. And it was because of me leveling up and facing what I was afraid of that helped me to move forward on a massive scale. And it was my ability to do that with the support of my wife, Anita, who helped me and backed me up that caused me to start my own business. And if you don't think that's scary, you're crazy. Look, there's days where our back's against the wall. There's months where we just absolutely surpass our financial goals. And there's been months where we didn't make a nickel. And so it's scary. 
but you know what part of me wouldn't have it any other way it's also very exciting it's also very fulfilling and i've seen people's lives completely turn around and change i actually get to be batman <laughs> in my own way so whatever's on the other side of you it's impossible for me to tell you what to do as far as what to career to go to what are your best gifts? But I want you to start to look at that. What are your best gifts? What careers did you want to go to? And I don't care if you're eight years old or you're 80 years old. You have worth in you. You have greatness within you. And if you have worth, if you have greatness and you have experience, you have possibilities. The only thing that's going to stop you is your mindset. You've got to turn this thing around. Stop obsessing about all the things that might happen. Prepare for them. Create contingencies. Stop also being naive that the dream is going to be so perfect. Let me tell you something. Anytime you're embarking on a dream, swords will be broken and shields will be rent. There is going to be hardships along the way. It's not going to be easy unless your, your father is Daddy Warbucks. Unless you're in a little Annie Orphan uh, uh, highbrow uh, action coming at you right there. I hope you like that. <laughs> no. Shit's going to hit the fan. That's right. The proverbial shit's going to hit the fan. It's going to be hard. So stop being naive. But at the same time, stop being so frightened that you don't do anything. Because I'm going to tell you, in an emergency, I told you, don't panic. Don't panic, right? But this one of the second most important rules is don't not make a decision. Don't be so fearful that you stand there in indecision because decisions need to be made. Decisions need to be made. You know, there's a lot of rhetoric about success right now. And I say this in my book that's coming out. I say this all the time. I don't understand how success was considered a chicken in every pot turned into a Bugatti in every lot. I think that's absolute horseshit. The idea that you're not successful if you don't have a million followers or you don't have a billion dollars in the bank or you don't have cool custom sunglasses and you don't have muscles out the yin yang and you're not, you know, you, you don't have uh, people just, you know, falling at your feet, adoring you. Look, all those people that are falling at their feet and adoring them are adoring two things, their influence and their money. It's all about what they can get from them. So it's all disingenuine. It's all garbage. We all know it. Those of us who are blue collar, smell blood in the waters, absolutely can see bull crap when we, a mile away. It's only gullible people that buy into that stuff and say, I'm miserable because I'm not living my dream and I don't have the Bugatti and I'm not famous. That, guys, that's child's play. That, that's, that's stuff for junior hires. That's stuff for when you were in elementary. Not now. You got shit to do. You've got shit to do and it's time for you to network. Again, I'm going to reiterate, LinkedIn is a treasure trove. It's a fucking gold mine of other people looking for people just like you. Stop with the limiting belief system in your mind. Stop saying, I can't, I won't, I will never. I knew that we were about to lose our house. I needed to feed my family. I also knew that I had health problems and I couldn't figure out what the hell they were. But I was going to do everything to sacrifice both my mind and my body to make sure my family ate. And that's what you've got to do. That's where you've got to be with this. Stop being lassadaisical. I'm not saying be immoral. I'm not saying stomp on someone else's throat on the way up. No, I'm saying be integral, be honest, but be hungry. I'm saying do the next right thing always, always, always. But be hungry, stay hungry, and stay humble. If you're going to change your life, 
on the personal side, on the business side, if you're going to turn things around, I don't care if you're in a prison cell right now or you're the president of an organization and you're looking for a way out, I don't care. You've got to change your mindset in such a way that you no longer have the limiting beliefs that you've always had that have stifled your growth and your inability to move forward. And that is a fact. We look through history and we look through time and people actually made it. I mean, they may not have been famous, but they may have made their dream happen. They may have had, and they knew bumps were on the, and they, they had this insane, the, 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 the trends and commonalities to those successful people where had the innate ability to look at their failures and go, yeah, I failed. So now I'm going to learn from it. That idea of I never fail, I learn is bullshit. You fail, you fall flat on your face, you failed, you failed. Say you failed. Smile and go, okay, what I learned from it. Because we have this sick obsession with perfection in this Western culture of ours. Movie stars, it isn't very long from when they get famous that the nose gets fixed. The cheekbones get fixed. The teeth get fixed. And now they're perfect. Bull. Bull. They've got problems. They've sneezed so hard that they've pooped their pants at some point in their life. And that's a fucking fact. And you've got to get over that. The idea that you're not going to fail along this life's journey in networking or changing your life and moving forward is ridiculous. I have moral failures. Me, the guy who's talking to you right now. I have business failures. I am a horrible salesman. I suck at it. I'm great at convincing people when they come to me because they're already motivated. I have a very difficult time convincing other people who are asking me, why the hell am I talking to you? I need to grow in that area. At least I'm willing to look at it. So admit your failures and own your shit. This is key to moving forward. This is key to making those steps forward. And don't give up. Don't let the drama of this world or even your own family get in the way of you taking one step ahead of the other. Nothing can stop you. Nothing. No one but you. No one but you. I remember reading about a Holocaust survivor. And for those of you who don't know, it's pretty horrible. Look it up. But this Holocaust survivor had been in, 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 in the camps for a long time. And every day he said to himself, they will not kill me. I cannot die. And he survived. There was even at one point, um, there was a march of death. And they were marching a lot of people out. And he was a part of that march of death. And he literally watched people just fall left and right, left and right, die and left and right. They cannot kill me. They will not kill me. He spoke over himself and he was determined to live. And he lived. He lived a full life. And yes, he had a lot of drama. He had a lot of hurt. I guarantee the guy had some form of PTSD. But he refused to accept the fact that he would give up. You're going to fail. Just don't give up. Get back up. Get back up. Get back up. Get back up. I hope this helps today. I hope this helps you. I hope this inspires you. I hope this moves forward. And please let me know if it does. Look, networking is an important thing, but the most important thing. LinkedIn is an important thing, but the most important thing. Not panicking is an important thing, but the most important thing that I want to end with today is you got to start believing in you. You got to start speaking over yourself, saying that you can do it and you will do it, that you will prevail and that you will win. And you've got to have a winning attitude or none of this stuff that I've shared with you as, as, as 
not not very in depth as it is. I haven't been able to. I can't get into our whole, you know, suite of how tos. I'm going to tell you it all. Even if I did, it wouldn't matter. If you just give up, don't give up. Believe in you. Start to invest in you. I want you guys. I'm going to make this a thing almost every time. I want to talk about books. So you see, I start reading books. Jocko Willink. Anything with Jocko or Leif Babin. Get it. Get it. Read it. Live it. Love it. John Maxwell. Get it. Live it. Love it. He's not just a churchy guy. He talks a lot about leadership. He talks about fail, failure. It's a great book out there called Failing Forward. Get it. Live it. Love it. Move forward. Move forward. And when you get into a habit of this, no matter what's going on in your relationships, no matter what's going on in your business, you have an addiction to one thing. And it's not money. It is an influence. It's to moving forward and growing you because all of a sudden you start to not only see it, you start to feel it. You start to feel yourself moving forward. And when that happens, holy shit, watch out. When that happens, watch out because you'll have the most healthy addiction that you've ever had in your life. And you will be well on your way, my friends, to building a legacy that will far surpass your legend and inspiring others to do the same. 